DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Syringa, Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions, backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Time now to talk with Jay Drew, BYU football writer and Utah basketball writer for the Deseret News. Jay, good morning. Good morning, guys. A little jet lag after a quick trip to uh, Myrtle Beach? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. That's uh, Yeah, I had a layover in Atlanta, and then that flight from Atlanta to Salt Lake is always just crazy long for some reason. <laughs> but I'm back, and I'm good. That's beautiful. Good to have you back, brother. I'm telling you, once you landed on Utah soil, I felt better. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Patrick. I saw your stuff on Twitter. You were put, putting pictures of fans. seemed like they had a, a decent representation in the pandemic year. The thing that really bugs me is why am I not receiving a residual check every time you somebody posts or uses the phrase magic happens? Oh, the sign, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I wasn't able to talk to the guy who had that sign, but... Uh... But if if it shows up again, I will uh, I will do my best to. But it to looked get like that they had a good environment. Out. Yeah, you know, five thousand people can make uh, pretty good, you know, some noise. Um, obviously, uh, they were you know mostly coastal Carolina fans, but uh, it was a pretty cool environment. Just you know, uh, having been thrown together at the last minute and all that. That's uh, um, yeah, no complaints there. It was uh, felt like a real college football game for once watching on tv uh it just felt like byu just couldn't quite get in the rhythm and flow everything just seemed half a beat off did you feel that frustration in per in person even even early in the game i mean in the second half i'm i'm sure the frustration was building but even early in the game of the touchdown being called back and the drop on the fourth and one trick play and that kind of stuff yeah, it was, uh, you know, there were some interesting kind of play calls. I don't know on fourth and one why why you pull out a trick play. Um, it, and, and obviously it would have worked. Um, I mean, Gunner just dropped the ball there. Um, and, and Zach could have ran for the first down, and he also could have hit Isaac Rex on a little dump off for the first down. But, uh, yeah, they're just um, – Coastal Carolina brought a lot of energy. You could tell their their players felt – Lighted by some of the comments. It, they weren't comments made by BYU players, but just, I think comments made by national media members or whatever. Uh, and the BYU was a you know a ten point favorite and all that. They were just on edge the whole game, really really hyped. And uh, I don't know if BYU was able to kind of bring that same energy, you know, two time zones away and and uh, you know without with very, very few BYU fans there. I just thought the energy level on the Coastal Carolina sideline the whole game was just off the charts. And, and, uh, and you know, BYU hadn't played in a couple weeks. Maybe that was a, a minor factor as well. They obviously hadn't played a, an opponent the caliber of Coastal Carolina, you know, for a month since they played Boise State. So a lot of factors went into it, but, you just got to hand it to Coastal Carolina. They brought it. They had an excellent game plan. And BYU, bottom line, was BYU's defense could not get off the field. 
that was the biggest thing is they just ate the clock, kept the ball out of Zach's hands. And then when BYU got the ball on offense, I think they panicked a little bit. I think they were just like kind of like, we might not get the ball back again. We need to do something now kind of thing. And, and uh, it all added up to a coastal win. Yeah, I don't know if you saw because you were at the game, but after the game they did the on-field interview and the Coastal Carolina coach, they said all week that they were going to kill us. Well, the game wasn't put together till Thursday, buddy, <laughs> about all week. But, uh, you know, they do that stuff and they feed off of that. And football being an emotional game, you can get away with it. And if you, I think you could tell uh, the, uh, through the television anyway how – fired up everybody was this was their super bowl they had never been in this situation before meanwhile byu has played many big games over the years and for this one uh they were just so jacked about it but when i look at byu's perspective the thing that was most disappointing for me is i expected the defense to have somewhat of a struggle because it was a unique offense and they didn't have the preparation time but i was most disappointed by two things that we've been talking about it here this morning. I was most disappointed by the offense, not being able to score. And then that timeout on that punt really got under my skin because I think if you give Zach a timeout, that preserves some more time on the clock and they have a much better chance to score on that last drive. Yeah, there were some kind of uh, interesting calls made, um, you know, coaching calls made, and that certainly was one of them. Kalani said after that, um, he was worried that they would have 12 men on the field on that play. He was also worried they didn't have the right personnel, and he kind of alluded to the fact they were going to go for, to, to try to block the punt, and so they wanted to make sure they had the right guys. But it was just a it was a blunder. I mean, there's just no way around it. It was just, uh, you know, at the time, I think a lot of people, even at the time, said, wow, we are going to need that timeout later down the road. So even when he called it, it was uh, it was questionable because of uh, the way just the way the game was going and and them knowing that they were having a hard time stopping Coastal Carolina's running attack and and they knew that those timeouts would probably be precious and they were right. I got to say, I was a little surprised by the BYU run game. I thought their offensive line was going to be able to uh, push uh, Coastal Carolina around. And from the uh, fumble when they had the 17-13 lead and had a chance to go down and, and make it a two-score game, and on literally the first snap of that possession, they fumble the ball away and, and gift Coastal Carolina three points. Uh, to you know, on, on the, before the punt, they had like a third, I think maybe third and two, but I think it was third and one, and and it ended up being a fourth and five. The run play got blown up. If it had been fourth and one, they're fourth and two. They probably could have gone for it. Uh, it, I was surprised the running game didn't do more for him. Yeah, I, I, that's a good point. There was a time in the game where Tyler Algier was out of the game with some sort of a mm-hmm. an ankle issue. Um, they did lose Clark Barrington, the guard. They had Kiefer Longson in there uh, on the on the fumble play. I haven't gone back and rewatched it, but I think I think that was the issue there. Ironically, the the uh, number ninety four. Uh, Jeffrey uh, Gunter, the guy that went after Zach there at the end of the first half, is the guy that caused the fumble. So, uh, um, and he he had a heck of a second half, causing disruption. Uh, and but but you're right, BYU's offensive line, which has been pretty solid uh, despite a lot of shuffling this season with COVID and other issues, has been really good. But but they they were not as dominant as most people thought they should have been. 
Um, and, and then, you know, the, the other play that kind of stands out is the, the receiver kind of running backwards, Chris Jackson, after, yeah, yeah. you know, losing like whatever it was, 15 yards. Uh, there were just some real questionable decision-making um, on the part of the Cougars that all, in a game like that, a battle of unbeatens, you have to be on point. You have to just, you know, cut out all those those little mistakes and, and uh, like the fumble and, and the running backwards and things like that. And they didn't do that, and it cost them. So one loss here looks like it's going to make the Cougars plummet from a potential Fiesta Bowl to what now, the Toilet Bowl? <laughs> I don't know if you call Boise, Idaho a toilet, Pat, but uh, no, I, I don't, I'm not saying they're going to the Potato Bowl again. Uh, I yeah, for sure. I, I I'd be stunned if they make a New Year's Six Bowl now. I, I don't think there's any way possible. Um, so yeah, I think it's probably the Frisco Bowl the day after Christmas in uh, in the Dallas uh, area. Um, that's kind of the one that I think most people are now kind of pointing to. But um, and then also be interesting to see if they they go after a game on December nineteenth. I I don't think they will. I think. I just don't think there's an opponent out there that can, um, you know, the only reason you'd want to take a game there is to get into a better bowl game. And I just don't think, I just don't think even with a win on that day that you can get back into New Year's Six bowl game. Uh, Recruiting is coming up really fast. There's so many games and so many big games still to be played. It's hard to believe. And yet we're closing in on it. How has this season changed the Cougars' fortunes? You got any idea what's going to happen with uh, some of their targets? Yeah, signing day is a week from Wednesday. Obviously, coaches haven't been able to go out and recruit, right. yeah. or and uh, <clears throat> there have been very few in person. You know, they haven't been able to pay for campus visits uh, for prospects. So it's going to be a really, really unique. Uh, signing day, signing period, a week from Wednesday. But I, uh, BYU says they've they've done really well. They've uh, just recently there were a flurry of of commits, kind of three four star guys, uh, Raider Demuni and Logan Fano out of Tempview, that they were able to get. BYU's recruiting class is going to be really small um, because of uh, just where they are caught with missionaries coming back and, and getting taking up scholarships and that thing. I think there'll be probably around 15 guys is all that they'll for the entire class, most of which will, will sign uh, in December uh, this month and then and then a few leftovers next February. So um, it's not going to be ranked very high. It's probably going to be in the 80s, but uh, a lot of that is because of uh, just the lack of numbers, um, like because of the reasons I mentioned before. So much emphasis has been on this New Year's Day Six Bowl. It's like that was the goal once they started to get rolling with the undefeated nature. And in my mind, once they went independent, they basically gave up better bowl access for the opportunities that and benefits that independence gives you, which is a whole bunch of things. We know what they are. Do you think that the New Year's Day Bowl, the flirtation was so strong with it, that this could cause them to rethink being independent if they don't get a break in a Power Five when these TV contracts and potential shifts and reorganizations are up in a couple of years? 
Yeah, I think so. I think I think what's gone on with the uh, college football playoff committee and the ranking that they thought was was not quite as good as they thought they deserved. Yeah, I, I think there could be kind of a re-questioning of that. Um, uh, on the flip side, you know, if they weren't independent, they wouldn't have been playing. Uh, they weren't beholden to a conference, so um, they were able to play in September and October when, you know, like is well documented, they were the only team in the West still playing. So in a way, uh, it was a mixed bag as far as their independent status goes. There were some, you know, obviously positives for them being able to play and then obviously the, the negatives of, of uh, um you know what 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 now kind of the 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 same old familiar what now feeling after you know a loss in september in pre- previous years and uh and, and you know speaking of that i think they're going to have a big challenge on their hands this this week um i think there's room for a a big letdown with you know san diego state coming into town and and uh and kind of the season is you know over again what's going to motivate them to play well on saturday i know it's senior day and they'll have that aspect but uh the coaches have a a pretty big challenge this week of of getting this team motivated to play again on saturday after such a such a huge letdown it literally felt like um after the game the way the cougars were talking it almost felt like a end of the season type game or even a bowl game just in the way they were you know, talking about how the season went and stuff like that. So bouncing back is not going to be easy this week. Jay Drew joining us, BYU football writer and Utah basketball writer for the Deseret News. You are also the Utah basketball writer, Jay. What can you tell us about the Utah-BYU basketball game coming up on Saturday, if anything, since you were in Myrtle Beach and there aren't a lot of Utah basketball players running around there? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was able to see the Utes play uh, beat Washington Thursday afternoon uh, at the Huntsman Center, uh, and I think I tweeted out a few things. Uh, they they look pretty good. I I was uh, you know for their first game and Washington's third game, Utah looked like the, the better team. Obviously, they won fairly easily, and uh, I was impressed with uh, with some of the players the Utes got. The, this new uh, guard, Pella Larson out of Sweden, looked really good. He's going to help him a lot. Uh, Brandon Carlson, the, the big from Bingham High, um, hasn't put on a lot more weight, but, but I was impressed with his defense especially. And uh, So I, I think the Utes are going to, you know, I think they're going to, I'm not going to say they're going to be in the top four of the Pac-12, but I think they're going to finish better than the eight that they were picked. Um, they got Idaho State tomorrow. Which will just be kind of a, another tune-up game, and then and then the big game at BYU on uh, on Saturday will be a really good test for Utah and for BYU, really to to kind of see where the programs are at. They got the COVID issue. I guess you can really never have it under control, but they were they were hit hard. You think that uh, bodes well for them, maybe getting it behind them and can have an opportunity to get on the court consistently. Yeah, I, I think there's something to that. I think that I think Larry said there were two more than two thirds of the team had been affected by it, including himself. So, yeah, if this uh, these theories or whatever they're called are 
are right that once you get it, you you know you can't get it again for 90 days or whatever. Um, that bodes well for for the Utes, and uh, hopefully they won't have any more cancellations. They had to cancel their first two kind of lined up preseason games, non-conference games, uh, the week of Thanksgiving. So hopefully that's behind them, and and they won't have any more issues the rest of the season. Well, Jay, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for uh, coming on and going double duty on BYU football and Utah basketball. All right. It's the new world we're living in, but I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to be employed. So uh, yeah, really, onward and upward. There you go. The more you do, the harder you are to hey, replace. Uh, before he goes, we've got to congratulate him. It's now Grandpa Jay. Grandpa. For sure. <laughs> yep. Got a little uh, – my first grandson born uh, – what, the Saturday morning after BYU-Boise football game? And uh, really excited. It's been a lot of fun. Changing diapers or you hand off for that? That's no, not in the job Grandpa description, man. do that. No. <laughs> I've only been able to see the little guy on Thanksgiving, so I've only uh, been around once. And yeah. We didn't, and uh, there are plenty of people to do that. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> got, got a long list of volunteers that, for that one. We weren't over ten. No, don't don't get the governor mad at me. We we kept it under ten people. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Jay. We appreciate it. Okay, guys. Have a great day.